0: Get some perspective. Bruce St. James and Pamela Hughes. KTAR News on 92.3 FM. We know that uh, I want to say it was nearly 3,500 servicemen and women have already been deployed uh, specifically to the Middle East. Unclear exactly where. Others are going to be on call. Others could be headed there shortly. But one of the things that uh, you could say is changing with this is how modern-day technology and professional soldiering have collided.
1: Yeah. So imagine having a loved one, a spouse, son, daughter, brother, sister, that gets deployed unexpectedly, because that's what so many families in the United States and right here in Arizona are experiencing they, they, right
0: now. You, you think about New Year's Eve, they weren't thinking about where they might be deployed to.
1: But by tomorrow, a lot of them are going to be leaving the United States. Now, where they're going exactly, we're not sure. Right. The 82nd Airborne Division of in Fort Bragg, uh, North Carolina, is an immediate response force. And so they're the ones that, that are able to deploy anywhere in the world within 18 hours. And... This is the battalion that has been told, you can't bring your cell phone with you. Re- Whoa. You can't bring any electronic device.
0: Can't bring your iPad, you. your your now, cell phone. Your, yeah.
1: So you have a loved one that's unexpectedly deployed. Right. Quickly. Right. And then they're being told they can't even, one, tell you where they're going. Nope. And two, take a cell phone to connect with you. Once because they get there those cell phones could reveal their location.
0: You know, we, we talked about this. Uh, there was a, a project, a privacy project. Is that what it's called again? I want to say if you, if you look that up. The New York Times did a piece about how apps, apps that many of you have on your phones are constantly tracking you. And I thought one of the interesting things, and you pointed out, there was a military base and it showed people moving around the military base. There was the Pentagon. It showed people moving around the Pentagon. And why wouldn't those same, and these are private companies that have these apps, who else has access to information? And if suddenly you had a whole bunch of people that you knew served in the military showing up in some place and dots on a map, you could start putting things together, right? I mean,
1: when you think of the military and when I think of like an immediate response force, I think of of, of folks who are in really good shape. Right, fitness is something that is paramount oh, okay. to their okay. survival. I see, where, I, I see where you go. Okay. okay. Yeah, and literally, so, like physical fitness. Physical fitness. Yes. I mean, like that's life and death, mm-hmm. literally. And so you've got like a fitness tracking app. It's called Strava, and my husband uses it for for mountain biking. But people use it for a variety of different reasons. And it was it was a couple years ago that sensitive information about the location and the staffing of military bases. And spy outposts around the world were revealed through... The app, well, Strava.
0: Yeah, you, you go back to like World War II, loose lips sink ships, right? You, know, you don't say where you're being deployed. You don't tell people operational things that might be able to figure it out. Well, people don't have to say anything anymore. They don't have to telegraph the punch, that phone, the iPad, whatever they have with them might be transmitting this information. And in many cases, unbeknownst to you. And, and the fact that like you don't even know where they're going. That that is so
1: heartbreaking for me. You have a a military wife who who had uh, talked to CNN about this. Take a listen to what she had to say. She says an added challenge was he was not allowed to tell her exactly what was happening. So he told her to look up a particular news article. It's hard not to hear it from the person that's really involved there and have to read it from somebody else's perspective. Yeah. And then I, I guess for me as well, you know, your loved ones over there. You don't know where. Right. So anytime anything happens anywhere, right. you run it through the filter of... Were they
0: there? hmm
1: Were they and there? That, that's exhausting. Oh, wait. I, so I can't imagine. I, I have such compassion and love for the military families because they serve here as well. So as you're I looking know. at what's happening in the Middle East, as you're looking at, you know, Iran saying this or the Trump administration saying that, none of which, frankly, I have any control over. None at all. It can impact my life, sure, but I have no control over that. What we have control over here is supporting those military families or supporting the organizations that are helping during this outreach and and, and families that, you know, some are veterans at this. You know, you, you have military wives. And husbands that are like, "Okay, this is their fourth deployment we 've been through this before, but for a lot, I mean in this article, there was a young lady eighteen who um, recently joined the military, was visiting her her family over the holiday, and had to leave immediately in and this is her first deployment."
0: Uh, Our buddy Ken, who listens, hit me up on the Facebook. He said, my oldest daughter is being sworn into the Army in a few weeks. Mm. It's amazing how your attitude changes about deployment when you have loved ones that may be going into harm's way. Yeah. Yeah.
1: This is the reality of it. And I think it's important that we talk about it because we, we can't have... Some impact and some influence over this by helping out, by being supportive, by, you know, rallying around those in our community. And if you're looking for places to do that, I think just a really good initial source to to vet things through the American Legion. I mean, you can go to them and you can start asking some questions as to the different organizations because there are amazing ones here in the valley and people whose hearts are in the right place. This is how you can have a strong impact. And I think that that's
0: what matters. Now, to be clear, if I understand it correctly, that soldiers being deployed to places either they don't know or can't say, the military will still provide some ways for them to communicate, you know, the the base phone, things like that, video. But again, that cell phone, which used to be a carry everywhere, take all lifeline has now become a bit of an operational risk. Okay, and I, and I want
1: to respond to this because I just got an email oh. from Ruben here. Okay, right. uh, And I appreciate it, Ruben. He, he says this, having the military not be allowed to take cell phones is standard practice. When I was deployed in 0708, I think that's Operation Iraqi Freedom, okay. we only had limited contact outside. Remember, boot camp is the same way. It prepares you and your loved ones for just that. I'm surprised when people react to troops being deployed. This is what we, they signed up for. Agreed. This is why we have a military. With all due respect, Ruben I mean I, I I appreciate you serving and I appreciate the perspective that you have here I have not done that and my family has not gone through this so this is something that that I'm learning but I'm also going off of you know what I'm reading and and what we have here from Lieutenant Colonel Michael Burns um, who is the division spokesperson for the 82nd Airborne Division who says the decision is unusual given that many troops routinely deployed already do have personal electronic devices and even purchase them overseas. He said that this was made for this particular battalion because they're part of this rapid response force and, they don't want and it's know not where clear going. where they're going. Yeah. So I get what you're saying here and in and, and some standard practice. I'm in 0708. I think it has changed potentially from 0708.
0: Um Well, it's more than just phones these days too. Yeah. Think of all the other uh, iPads, What you laptops. you talked about like oh, the yeah. uh, uh, Fitbit or or your Apple, Apple Watch, Watch that is Tracking your whereabouts, again, not nefariously necessarily, but, you know, if you're going to counting your steps or uh, how far did you run or you biked or something like that. Well, it's it's monitoring that. And that information goes somewhere. It goes somewhere. The worry is, at least from the military standpoint, at least right now, right, that other people who may have different motivations would be able to access that information, and find out details that could compromise the mission. Again, I just get back to you and I have no
1: control over what's happening in the Middle East. What we do have control over is supporting um, our, our military and their families while they're deployed, and that's something that we should always do.
0: Yeah. Question for you. Are you a workaholic? Now, not all of you are. Okay, so I guess we're going to talk to the workaholics right now. Do you, do you work extra weekends, holidays, answer emails, you know, at 11 o'clock at night because you're expected to, to do so or because you just like working? Bruce St. James and Pamela Hughes. There's a new study out there from the people to do studies that say 4 in 10. That's nearly 40% of you um, just can't stop working. They say, according to this survey, that um, you focus on your job while outside of, uh, of the office. You check emails. You make calls on off hours. You are constantly focusing on your job. You never take a lunch break. You work on weekends. You're the first in, last out, et cetera. You are a workaholic. But our question was, okay, assuming that number is true, that four in ten of you can't stop working, why? What's behind it? Is it pressure you put on yourself or... Is it something else?
1: Yeah. And you know what? I think the way that they're defining workaholic, too, I take a bit of an exception. Um, When they say, you know, one in five check emails in bed, a third say they check their emails first thing in the morning, 60% work on work projects or emails over the weekend, 30% check work emails even throughout dinner and evening. I do all that. And I'm not a workaholic. See, to me, a workaholic is someone who is missing out on something and putting work ahead of everything else. Okay. To me, that is, instead of checking Facebook or Instagram... I open up my email and I'm like, oh, okay, yeah, and I'll file our know, I'll, I'll respond to this and I'll respond to that. It's a few minutes here, it's a few minutes there. It's not like my life is dedicated to that during dinner Understood. or in, in the grocery line. So I think we've got to be careful as to how we're defining workaholic. Workaholic for me is someone who is constantly working on weekends. As soon as they come home, they're working again and they're missing out on their families when they're not focusing on work. Um, they talk to their bosses or their co-workers more than they talk to their
0: spouse. Well, we, we've seen this, you know, and I get this that's image. That's a workaholic. I get this image of uh, uh, of dad at home and he's got the laptop open and the kids want to play, you know, ball or whatever and he's like, I'm busy. Mm-hmm. You, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like, that's that image I get of a workaholic. can So, stop. so
1: why? W- why? Why are people workaholics? Yeah, it could be because they, they feel like that's what their boss demands of them in order to be successful. Okay. I think that there are probably some who... We tell people, pick a job or a career you love and you'll never work a day in your life. So they just work a lot because they actually like it. But I also think that there may be something else that's going on here. Mm. Um, I think working too much can also be a coping mechanism. Think about it. A lot of people will cope with work by drinking. We overdrink.
0: Mm.
1: We overeat. We overspend. Coping can also be overworking. Could be okay.
0: I see where you're going. With Have that. you
1: ever had that time in your personal life, and I'm, this is rhetorical, uh, that has just been crap, and you're like, "Oh my gosh, the only I could do not to be at home and to deal with that, whether it be home or whether it be a family situation, anything that keeps your mind off of." what's really happening in your life, that can become a coping mechanism.
0: Absolutely. And I think there, was, there, there are some people out there that when you said that, there there rings a bit of truth to it, right? That let's say the, the whistle blows at five o'clock. People are getting up, they're putting their things together, the cubicles, the desk, the place starts to empty out. And your option is go home, maybe. Go home to a, a personal situation that you're uncomfortable with, you're dreading, is not going well, or you know what? Um... They can turn off all their lights. I'm going to sit here and uh, I'm just going to keep at this because this is the the path of least resistance. It
1: right is, though, because if you're out over drinking, eh, that's bad. If you're out over eating, if you're out over spending, that's bad. But we think that overworking is good. It, then you know what it, I mean? It would, it's going to get you somewhere. Yeah. And I also think that some people do all of those things that we've just listed because they've got big jobs, with big responsibilities, okay. and that comes with earning a big paycheck. You don't just have the opportunity of shutting it off at five o'clock and going home. Yeah, some Work people change It's not an option. Or, just not an option. Uh,
0: we put this up as our our totally unscientific poll of the day on the Bruce St. James and Pamela Hughes show. Thinking about. Those people that would be qualified as or defined as workaholics—is it because it's what work expects of you, or is it because you just like to work? Eighty-one percent of you say it's not a choice. Mm-hmm. It's not a choice. And I thought this was interesting. How about some of them? Um, I'm in sales. Yeah, work, work never ends. Yep. Yeah. I own my own business. Yep. Yeah. There is there is no such thing. There's no such thing as a day off. Right. Right, and you meet people like that where I guess they fit the technical definition of workaholic. But again, what's well, their the option? option? What's the other side?
1: So there is, you know, life is balance, and we we talk about work life balance. But I think that that's different for every person. And saying you're doing it wrong this way, well, you're doing it wrong if if it's costing you. A lot yeah you know what i mean if it's costing you missing out on you throwing the ball with your kids every reward. weekend you know then 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 yeah that's probably bad but you've got to make that determination and the, the filter that i run a lot of things through is you know um will i regret this will, will i regret oh. doing this or will i regret not doing this Interesting and, and yeah, when you yeah, yeah. answer that question it be it be clarity. It helps get you that clarity as to what's important. And if you'll regret not doing the project today because it's gonna make your life hell on Monday, then you've made that there, choice there, there's your there's your But re- also five years from now you're gonna regret not playing ball with your kid.
0: Or missing out on the recital. Yeah, work, I mean like and, and,
1: and yeah. every situation's different. Yeah.
0: Interesting. You can still vote by the way. Head over to the Bruce James Family Hughes Show Showcase. Help us understand a little bit. For you workaholics out there. Is it a choice or Work is fun. Heck, I like it. Um, Representative Gosar continues to embarrass the great state of Arizona on the national stage. And he did so yesterday with his use of the Twitter machine. And at the end of the day, whose responsibility is it to police fake false information on the Internet? We'll talk about that. It's coming up next on Arizona's News Station. KTAR News on 92.3 FM. Get some perspective. Bruce St. James and Pamela Hughes. Uh, Maybe he's your congressional representative. Paul Gosar took to the Twitter machine yesterday to tweet a Photoshopped fake picture, if you will, of President Obama shaking hands with the uh, the 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 president of Iran, Mr. Rouhani, uh, and with the title "The world is a better place without these guys in power." Here's a few things that's problem with it. Um, Rouhani is still in power. Uh-huh. There's nothing like he's Former, still yeah. the uh-huh. president. And that is that picture never took place because they photoshopped Rouhani's. Body or face onto a picture of President Obama shaking hands with the Indian Prime Minister back in the day when he was president. So it is a fake photoshopped picture. And, of course, when pointed out that it was fake, it's not real, and Obama never shook hands with the Iranian president, uh, uh, Gosar, uh, which is par for the course for people like him. uh, uh, And I can, again, only assume that the the nitrous oxide in his dental profession got into his brain at some point, uh, attacks the people that point out. He said, well, I never said it was a real picture. Okay, Yeah. Uh, Sure. By the way, I did tweet out a picture of Representative Gosar with Ava Braun and Hitler's dog. I'm not saying... It's a real picture. I'm just saying, what's Paul Gosar doing with Ava Braun and Hitler's dog?
1: You know, um, the the Internet (laughs) is a scary place. And you, you have to have a healthy dose of skepticism pretty much to go anywhere right now, especially anything on social media and especially leading up to the 2020 election. We've talked on this program before about deep fakes. And if you're not familiar with what a deep fake I was going to say I don't is. think it's I don't right. think
0: it's common knowledge. Now, the,
1: these are highly manipulated videos, okay? They're not real. They're they're computer generated. And they are videos and also audio clips that are made up of Just syllables people have said, Mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. you could. The amount of time you and I spend talking on the radio. Oh, yeah. You take two hours of somebody speaking. Got it. And you're going to be able to get every single syllable and emphasis and everything you need in order to make them say whatever you want.
0: And this computer program could put this together and have you read or say literally anything
1: this is an example of a deep fake oh. audio clip okay this is joe rogan this is a robot he did not say anything that you're about to hear okay this is all taking little splices of what he said from like his
0: podcast other things and Got it. Okay.
1: take a listen joe rogan. being a robot has its benefits i can pronounce tongue twisters now check this out peter piper picked a peck of pickled peppers how many pickled peppers did peter piper pick she sells seashells on the seashore. The shells she sells are seashells, I'm sure. Also, since my brain is connected to the internet, I've become a medical expert. Did you know that bacillum membrane and otolaryngology are not autocorrelations? You can hear like wow. the, the intonation. It does not... Sa- there are little, little nuances. Let's okay.
0: get back to this. He never said any that. Any of that. Never said any, any of, it. of it. That was merely using clips, phrases, syllables, sounds... That Joe Rogan had said in the past about a variety of other things and putting it together to make that paragraph.
1: So that's an audio clip. Right. There are videos out there right now. In fact, there are, there's a Project Voco and they are working on making it undetectable if a video has been highly manipulated. So now you've got Facebook bringing this full circle mm-hmm. that has banned users from posting these controversial, deep, fake videos. How do they know? Great question. Great question. This change is coming because the guy who's in charge of this at, at Facebook is going to have to sit down in front of a congressional hearing later on this week about manipulation and deception in the digital age. And so okay. I think that Facebook is trying to get out ahead of this um, months before the 2020 presidential election. But... It, it's one of those things where not all doctored videos are going to be banned. Do you remember when there was this um, this video that went viral uh, of Nancy Pelosi? Um, take a listen. We want to give this president the opportunity to do something historic for our country. This was a, a, an edited clip. It was slowed down. All they did was
0: slow it down. It makes her sound like Drunk, drunk, right? That was the intention. Okay, yeah,
1: and it went viral, and I mean, millions of yeah. retweets and and and, and shares yeah, and things. Like, and and that type yeah. of well, they not video wind up people, don't they? Would not be banned. Well, that would not be. That banned. would not be banned. Portky, because that is just editing like there's like it's just slowing, it's just her slowing down. it down you She said everything
0: sh- you didn't change what she said you changed the speed in which she said it
1: you didn't make her say something she never said hmm. as in the joe rogan clip
0: right you just
1: made her slow things down hmm. and here's the thing that's super easy to do you want to know how easy how easy well it's an Easy editing kind of tool that uh, we even have the ability here at KTAR to do, because this was in the break. Okay. And what you're about to hear, give me just another minute here, guys, on the other side of the glass, um, is... Is me. This is you. trying this, trying it out. This this was like a minute before we came back from yeah. break, where I'm like, I gotta see if we can make this work. Okay. And I had super producer Stevie Z helping me out, so I recorded myself. Ready. So this is raw. Okay. <laughs> this is this is raw. This Just is run what happened. So this is see. me running tape recording myself, and I slowed it down, and it sounds like I might have had a beverage oh. or two. But I guarantee you, Bruce is sitting here. No, this no. is this she is water done. in my mason yes. jar. Take a listen. This is a simple editing tool. So if I'm talking to you like this. Okay, Tommy's not freaking out over there. Okay, so I'm talking to you like this, because, okay, good, because I'm learning right now, and <laughs> uh, learning takes here. a lot sometimes, especially. <laughs> okay, see, on a Tuesday morning. see, it makes me so. You, you not you like you've had a few. Like years. I've had because I've been times. around you when you've had a few, in oh, you. that's know, kind of that's, pretty close. Uh, that's pretty close. Twice, never on the air. I promise you no. that. But that, like that kind of audio. And video would mm. not be banned because it 's a slip it, it's a simple edit it's just it's not manipulating down. it, making me say things i've never said. I said all those things you did not at that speed wow, and so this is where you 've got to be super careful when you 're on the internet, and I think that you 've got. Mm. Facebook trying to do something about it. How exactly do they know if they're deep fakes? Yeah. Deep fakes are trying to get so good that you don't know. How do they know? I don't know.
0: And the idea that you have a third party, Facebook, Twitter, whatever, the internet, websites, That are making those editorial decisions, which is a little scary. You
1: know what, though? Every media outlet out there, whether it be MSNBC, Fox, CNN, or whether it be local TV stations that are in the news business are always making those editorial decisions. I don't think Facebook should be any exception.
0: Governor Ducey is not a fan of taxis, by the way. We found that out in an interview he did with Gatos yesterday, right here on KTAR. And he thinks public pressure will fix the... Uber lyft issue. But will it? We'll talk about it next. Arizona's news station, KTAR News on 923 FM. Get some perspective. Bruce St. James and Pamela Hughes. You know, every time uh Governor Ducey comes and visits the radio station, sits down with Gatos, we learn things, right? Can I tell you I took something away from yesterday's uh conversation with Governor Ducey is he is not a big fan of taxis, apparently. That's because he said this. It's
1: terrible on, on every f- front, and the taxis are not competitive. I mean, when's the last time you, you called a taxi even before Uber and Lyft? It just doesn't work. They don't show up. They're not reliable. Wow. Oh! Um, th- this isn't perfect, but it's such a dramatic improvement, and it's given such safety and con- convenience uh, to, to, to people across
0: the state. Wow. Okay. Okay, tell us what you really think about taxis, Governor. Uh, and, and this all came up in the discussion about the the fees, the taxes, Uber, Lyft, will they service the airport or not? Um, now, I don't have a problem saying that, you know, I rarely take taxis. I would always choose Uber, but you, Lyft. But you know what?
1: Every single time I do, right? I get emails.
0: That what? From taxi drivers. Oh yeah, I get those
1: that, that are like, "Well, what do you mean you don't take taxis?" I'm like, "I just, I never did." And and even even when this whole thing was going on with the Uber Lyft yeah, yeah. not going to Sky Harbor or threatening not going to Sky Harbor because they're still going, and you know the city yeah. council was voting on the four dollar drop off and four dollar pickup fee, and Sky forward. Harbor, all that kind of stuff. We sat in our office right here, and I went to Uber. And I went to Lyft to find out how much it would cost to get to Sky Harbor from the okay. radio station okay. yeah,
0: you're shopping around
1: and then I went to one of the taxi services, like a website
0: you probably well, yeah probably yeah,
1: yeah. And it was
0: double the taxi was double yeah. what Uber and Lyft was
1: because I was really, oh well, you know what you're you're mis you're misrepresenting this. They're the same. No, they're not. No, they're not. And so uh, we get beat up every time we say that. Mm. But uh, I thought it was really interesting that Governor Doug well, Ducey kind of took that. There was no equivocation on that.
0: He's not going down the middle. But the argument is that Uber and Lyft provide a service, it's a wanted slash needed service to the airport. But we now have a city council that's voted not once, but twice to dramatically increase the fees that Uber and Lyft would have to pay to pick up and drop people off, Um, and did so, apparently, even though it's not like they're hearing from their constituents that people think this is a good idea.
1: Yeah, you know, I'm beginning to think... Oh, okay. The people just don't care. I'm beginning to think that our listeners that take Uber or Lyft to the airport go, all right, so it's another four bucks to get dropped off, another four bucks to get picked up. They don't like it. Don't get me wrong. They don't like it. But what they don't like even more is not having the ability to get picked up and dropped off at the airport because that is a real possibility.
0: Because or at least then it Uber, becomes a real inconvenience.
1: At least that's what Uber and Lyft are telling us because yeah. they say that they will pull out of Sky Harbor. We would be the only airport in the country that's not serviced by these two rideshare companies. And I don't know if people really believe them. I honestly don't. Now, they've done it before. Let's be clear. Like, they they got into a little tete a tete with uh, Austin, Texas Airport. And they pulled out for a little while, but they're back. They're back. They settled things. They're back. And, well, they settle things because, you know, Governor Ducey says that Mayor Gallego has a plan B. Potentially. Maybe that's what settles it. But I'm beginning to think, like, in the grand scheme of things, when, when the governor says this. Sometimes it's this public pressure that actually gets a, a council uh, to, to make a better decision or to, or, or to have, have a they better They didn't listen idea. to any
0: public pressure.
1: Well, it doesn't seem like it's going no. away. And every time people go to the airport, they're going to remember it didn't listen or didn't get any. You know, I, I believe oh, okay, they got okay. some because right. we, we talked to Councilman Sal DeSiccio about this and, and they were getting some. Did they not listen to it or did they not get enough? And did they not mm. get enough because people are like, um, OK, Don't fees care? go up for everything nowadays. Nobody likes it. And in an Arizona, it's something that we are, I feel like we're, we are constitutionally against here in this state. But I mean, like your Netflix fees go up. You're like, OK, that sucks. But what do you do? You pay it. Like.
0: of you cancel Netflix.
1: Right, exactly. And so I think that there's just this resolve of, hey, you know what, if it costs me more to get to and from the airport, at least I can get to and from the airport. So when the governor says public pressure, I don't know if it's going to be public pressure on the council or if it'll be public pressure on these businesses. And what kind of public pressure are they really going to get? I I, I don't know. But I am beginning to think, and and I might be alone, but I'm beginning to think That people just don't care because they have the opportunity not once but twice to voice their concern to the Phoenix City Council. And
0: okay, fair enough. And, And I will entertain the idea that most people just don't care if the fees go up to four bucks or whatever and that your Uber or Lyft ride is a lot more expensive. Or, did the city council hear from people and just didn't care?
1: Are you going to ride? Will you take Uber and Lyft if these fees kick in February first? I'm, I'm looking. And, at, and you still have the opportunity to take no. Uber and Lyft because they say they're not going to. I'm there. looking for hacks.
0: Just I'll as a matter it. of principle. No, I'll pay it. Looking for a hack. I'm
1: not taking I'm a taxi.
0: I'm, yeah, I'm not governor. going that direction. <laughs> Can't take the super shuttle. They're gone, right?
1: No. Yeah.
0: Bruber. Let's get back you, to the Bruber. You're half come Bruce, all the way half, out half Uber. To
1: Gilbert to come get me.
0: The Bruber. Okay. I, now I can only take you and a bag. Yeah, I don't have, have a lot of room in the car. car.
1: that doesn't work for my family. man. And it's got to
0: be a reasonably sized bag. Okay. Have you
1: seen how I pack? Yeah, no, it's not. It's gonna gonna not fit in re- the car. There's nothing reasonable about the way I pack it's when gonna, I go on vacation. Not, not
0: going to fit. Um. Would you feel safe staying at or going to a Trump branded property after I- Iran kind of Twitter threatened? Buildings with Trump on the side of them. We'll talk about that coming up next on Arizona's news station.